Hey, welcome to episode 26 of Talk About the Passion. It's been a couple weeks. How you doing? You look great. It's good to see ya. Uh, so, so my guest today is uh, JJ Gonson, and the episode is called Fly Robin Fly, which I named after a Silver Connection song. Uh, JJ mentions this single early in the episode, and where she's photographed many people flying off a stage, I, th- I thought the title worked. I don't tire her over uh, what to name these episodes. You know, sometimes they just sound catchy and sometimes they, you know, they fit the conversation. So uh, I thought that one was uh, good for this one. Uh, JJ is a, a photographer based in Boston, Massachusetts, and her work uh, photographing bands live and offstage between uh, the mid 80s and early 90s is, is just amazing. Uh, from, you know, Youth of Today to Descendants, Jane's Addiction, Nirvana, and, uh, of course, Elliot Smith, whose uh, record, uh, Roman Candle, uh, features a photograph she took on the cover. Uh, while planning this episode, uh, you know, like what I was going to ask her and how I wanted to present the episode, uh, I noticed, uh, like, a circle closing. Um, my first episode of this podcast, I talk about my time as a teenager interviewing hardcore bands, you know, some of them famous in the hardcore scene anyway, and some of them not so much. Uh, one guy I became pen pals with uh, to eventually interview him as a member of the Meat Men was uh, Lyle Pressler, who was, you know, the guitar player for this this band called Minor Threat, uh, just a, a couple of years prior to that. Uh, you know, it was no biggie at the time, though, and, you know, as big as, as some of those bands were, I never felt like I couldn't approach someone. Uh Anyway, fast forward to a few months ago with the, with the publication of the Triple uh, X fanzine book, uh, which includes a ton of uh, JJ's photographs. And there it is, a, a picture of the Meat Men I'd never seen from uh, TT's the, from TT the Bears. Uh, and there's uh, yours truly standing on stage in a, a denim vest holding a camera. Uh, I'm 16 years old in this picture. And uh, so after JJ and I met last week uh, for this... Uh, interview or conversation uh i found my pictures from the show and uh, lo and behold across the stage there's uh jj on top of on top of some speakers with her camera uh you know so this made me feel like nostalgic and you know proud i was part of that world and shared the same experiences with you know so many other people uh so here's the cool thing about uh these pictures uh from these hardcore shows that she took especially for uh you folks from new england uh, she's currently uh, showing a, a bunch of these pictures at a place called Springdale Brewery, which is in Framingham, Massachusetts. Uh, they're all they're up right now. Uh, I, I think she might add a couple more, uh, and we'll and we'll be there through June uh, on Saturday, June second, from uh, 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. There's a reception. Uh, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm planning on being there. So uh, she gives uh, more details on this near the end of the episode. So, uh, and, and I'll link it from my social media outlets as well. And uh, the, the photographs look fantastic. Uh, I met uh, JJ at the brewery for this recording, actually. And uh, we walked around and looked at all the photographs and, you know, pointed at uh, familiar faces and, and looked at all the, the different T-shirts people were wearing. And uh, it was cool. It was cool to hear her uh, talk about, you know, all these pictures. And, uh, yeah, it, w- it was interesting. Uh, we recorded this episode uh, literally under a, a staircase. Uh, so there's a, a little noise here and there, but nothing horrible. 
and uh, you know the conversation was great. So uh, JJ's a great storyteller, and uh, you know more than just a, a photographer, as you'll hear in this episode. Uh, a couple more things, and then we'll get this thing started. I'm on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search for Talk About the Passion podcast, and you should be able to find me. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to me on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm even on Spotify now. Uh, if you or someone you know would like to be on this podcast, please don't hesitate to contact me at uh, you know any of those uh, social media places or... Uh, I have an email, talkaboutthep at gmail.com, and talkaboutthep is just the letter P, and uh, we can set something up. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Here's episode 26 with J.J. Gonson, Fly Robin Fly. Thanks. So I'm here with uh, J.J. Gonson. We're Hi. here in Framingham, Massachusetts. With and fun. Yeah. We're uh, under a staircase. Tonight, we are Tonight young they... with fun. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. entertained by yeah. the soundtrack of our lives at the moment. <laughs> and I have a little bit of the end of a very long-running cold, so I sound like Lauren Bacall. No, oh, that's... I, I, I have Did you notice? Too, so. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I can hear. Just whistle. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um... So where, where did you grow up, JJ? I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks yeah. for asking. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so what did you And do? interviewed John. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you do there for fun as a kid? Well, um, I've always been obsessed with music. Mm -hmm. And one of the cool things about Harvard Square was the record stores. So from the time I was pretty young, mm -hmm. um, I would pretty much use my allowance one-to-one -one for um, singles for 45s. Yeah. And I would kind of haunt the record stores of Cambridge and actually got into a lot of trouble at one once where somebody came in to sell records and while he was waiting for the owner, I went through the records <laughs> and bought a couple from him and the owner got really mad. Yeah really mad at me and I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, I'm 13. But that way I scored a, um, a beat, one of those Beatles Christmas oh, yeah. 12 inches. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have one of those yeah. from that. Still have it? Yeah, I do. Really? Do you think it's yeah. worth anything? It might, it might be. Yeah, it, it never was. Yeah, they yeah. made a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a fan of the Beach Boys uh, Christmas record. That was a, yeah. a staple in my family's house. Yeah. Well, no, this was every year they made only for their fan club. Yeah. They made a, a record, like a, a Christmas, Christmas record. record. Huh. It was like a single, but it was 12 inch. Oh. So before people did that right. in the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So were you a, a, a Beatles fan? I was as a, a kid? Beatles nut. Yeah. Yeah. Was that your first. Uh... Actually, all right. So my introduction to music was actually well, partly the Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, my mother hated the Beach Boys, okay. and I latched onto them at a very early age. Yeah. Um, I listened to the radio from the time I was really young. So mm -hmm. Billy, don't be a hero is sort of my childhood era. Yeah. Fly, Robin, fly. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of like late 60s moving into disco and um, we were talking you know like I was saying I really love pop music yeah. I've always been really obsessed with pop music in this weird way and even still um, I really I it's funny it's not 
obsessed isn't the right word because I actually prefer the music that isn't pop, the stuff that we call in the industry bubbling under. Right, right. And um, I actually usually find that I prefer that. But some of those bands do break. Mm-hmm. Um, Nirvana is a great example of a bubbling yeah. under band that I followed for years with yeah. all their friends mm-hmm. that broke. Um, there's a band right now, Portugal the Man, yeah. who are doing very well with a single called Feel It Still. Okay. I've been sort of close to that band for yeah. years and years and years and years, okay. 10 years, something like that. And um, so sometimes they make it, but it's that pop sound that I really love. Mm-hmm. And so when the radio was what I had, I rem- my very first single was ABBA, Take a Chance on Me, mm-hmm. followed shortly behind by Pat Benatar, We Live for Love. That's a good one. Yes. Very screechy. Mm-hmm. I believe it was backed by her cover of Wuthering Heights by Kate oh. Bush. Oh, I didn't know that. It was she a did screechy that. era. Yeah, yeah. For Pat Benatar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pat Benatar, screechy era. So, record stores, for sure. Yeah. Um, my mom and dad are super social, and my mom, especially, would hang out a lot with friends, and I'd hang out a lot of her friends' houses. and cook a lot of cooking mm-hmm. there was a lot of cooking going on social yeah. cooking which i love mm-hmm. i still love it i yeah. love cooking with people yeah i should start yeah. a company called i'll come cook with you <laughs> i love cooking with people did you did uh, were your parents music people or into the arts um or? my parents are super into the arts mm-hmm. super super into the arts both of them mm-hmm. and neither of them worked in the arts yeah. because that wasn't their track right um, my mom went to high school at a very artsy school, and she was a flautist okay. and a potter. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to become a really amazing English lit teacher mm-hmm. and um, very creative, yeah. very good with creative writing and pottery and amazing with color. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom can pick curtains to match a rug that she's not looking at, and right. it'll match perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's got this incredible sense of design. Mm-hmm. Um, My dad, and she's an amazing cook, like a really talented, natural, talented cook. Mm -hmm. My dad, who um, uh, grew up in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. and somehow he went to, he went from Buffalo to New York City to college, and he had been obsessed with music in much the same way as me with the radio, and always listening to the radio, and listening to his mother sing, and all these things when he was a kid. But then he discovered the world and with it he discovered arts and culture and mm-hmm. got very excited about traveling and has traveled all over the world and looked at art all over the world and my mom is obsessed with theater so they go to theater all over the world very writingy very mm-hmm. english litty yeah um and super 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 open-minded people and their daughters <laughs> i don't know if you know my sister i don't I my don't. sister is a manager, a band manager, mm-hmm. and a pianist, okay. and has been in a band called The Magnetic Fields yep. yeah, since okay. she was, I don't know, 14, <laughs> yeah. oh, really? maybe? Okay. Yeah, so a long time. Yeah. A woman does not disclose her age. <laughs> so I won't do it on behalf of my sister. <laughs> that's, that's fine. You can know how old I am. Um, she, um, where were we going with this? She has been in this very, very hyper-creative world her whole life. I have been a entrepreneur and mm-hmm. in a hyper-creative world my whole life. Yeah. And we are in almost exactly the same tiny little quadrant of the tiny little part of the music scene that we're yeah. part of. Right. Like, bizarrely 
but you're like really in it, which is good. You Bizarrely, know? Like, both really in it in the same place mm-hmm. in it like yeah. this kind of indie pop yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we're, it's not just that we're both in it we're both in it we yeah. both managed bands in the same right zone yeah interesting yeah and uh, yeah. so you both got that from your parents i would i, would I guess from, i mean i think yeah. that they i think that if you tell a kid that they can be anything and do anything and that the arts are important you get yeah. me and claudia right <laughs> <laughs> that's like we are the absolute product of that mentality yeah, yeah. N- always positive always you can do anything you can yeah. be anything you're you're great everything about you is wonderful and you can do anything and very yeah. supportive and still very supportive mm-hmm. and very positive and very wonderful nice yeah we're really yeah. lucky yeah do you, do you remember the first uh, concert you saw Oh wow! So that is that is like an answer I should just have, right? I should just be able to be like, yes, it was blue. But there's this period of time that's a little fuzzy. I think maybe. Well, oh, the first concert yeah. that I saw, if yeah. I really, if I go back, yeah. was Tom Rush. Oh really? Yeah. At the that theater that's down in Copley, I can't remember what it's called, that little, it's not, it's like a little, like a little pl- theatrical right. theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right in the middle of Copley Square. Okay. Um, it's where David Sedaris does his elf show in mm-hmm. Christmas time. I can't yeah. remember what it's called, but it was Tom Rush and Robin Williams and really? Peter, Paul, and Mary, and I can't remember. Yeah. Somebody else amazing, and it was this fundraiser folk concert right. with comedian fundraiser thing that my dad had bought tickets to it for me and my sister, mm-hmm. and he dropped us off, and it was amazing. And all I could think the whole time was, oh my god, I wish he was here, because he would have loved it. But it was, right. um, it was really great. It was a really amazing show. Nice. So Tom Rush yeah. was my first concert. Oh, right. Then, then it gets a little blurry. Yeah. Um, and it's. Some very early point, I went to see the police, mm-hmm. both on their opening and their closing tour oh, shows, wow. which were both at Boston Garden. Yeah. And the first one was with Go Go's. Yeah. And the second one was with Bow Wow Wow. How was it that? Yeah. Ghost the, in the Machine. Ghost in the tour. Machine tour. Yeah. Yeah. I had the T-shirt until very recently. I don't really? that, remember the T-shirt with the faces with the. You know, I didn't know that those were their faces. Right. You thought it was like. Yeah, until like a month ago, someone was like, you know, those are their faces. And I was like, holy shit. Whoa, check it out. Those are their faces. It's not just some weird code. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we all thought it was like the face of a watch gone wrong (laughs) or something. But no, it's actually their faces. I had the t-shirt. Yeah. It glowed in the dark. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, so, uh, around that same time, I saw an amazing show in Tingsboro and it's funny because I just was with somebody the other day who I met at this show and yeah. somebody said how did you meet and we were like Tingsboro <laughs> the Ramones really? Jim Carroll the Lines wow. and David Joe Hansen really in Tingsboro I don't even on know a, where that is on a ag fairground <laughs> in Tingsboro right. huh. one of those like totally bizarre pop-up festival moments somebody decided to have a festival right in Tingsboro, wow. and I met a bunch of people there that I still know, which yeah. is cool, or went to that show with them. And um, so that, I was pretty young at that one. These were all like around maybe, I don't know, eighth grade? Maybe mm-hmm. when was, what year? It was 80. Eight, uh, that Ghost right? in the Machine would have been 80. 
80? 81, 80? Yeah, yeah 80 or I feel like it was 80. I don't know why I think that. Well, because it would have been, <laughs> it was going out and coming back, so it could have been two different years even. Right, yeah. But, um, so yeah, I was, maybe I was in ninth grade. Right. And I feel like I must have seen a lot of live music before then. Yeah. But nothing that stands out as like a concert concert. Right. Um, my dad offered to take me to see The Clash at the Harvard Square Theater, and I said no. <laughs> yeah, my dad was going to take us, my brother and I, to see uh, Miles Davis at the Hollywood Bowl. Like it was, it was later, and it was uh, probably in the '80s or something. And I just, just kind of blew it off. You know what? In the late '70s, I saw Stevie Wonder at at um, the Orpheum. Oh wow. Nice. Thanks for jogging my memory there. <laughs> wow, we're really going back. Tom Rush. Yeah. I must have been like nine when I saw Tom Rush. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Yeah. My my first was Cat Stevens, which I don't oh, I don't even remember that. You don't I remember was, it? I was probably six or seven. Yeah. Um, I don't really yeah. remember Tom Rush. I remember yeah. the experience of being in the theater. Yeah. Um, yeah. So That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I lucked out having a dad that would take us to... To, shows. to real shows, yeah. yeah. Um, what was your second show? Um, so we were in Boston, and I think my second one might have been Super Tramp. So this was probably around seventy-five. Yeah. 76. So was this before he went to work in LA? Yeah. Well, he he uh, got transferred out there, so we all moved. He moved us out. That there. is a crazy noise. Yeah. For those in the listening audience. <laughs> The sky is falling over our heads, but we're under a metal staircase, so we're safe. Yeah, we're good. Um, what even is that? Oh, no, I know what it is. And it's not going to stop. Yeah. How bad is it? Oh, it's not bad. No, it's I think the we're sound good. of people playing one of those basketball games oh, where right, you right. throw <laughs> basketballs relentlessly. Yeah, yeah. At a piece of metal for three solid minutes or yeah. something? Okay. No, it's I, I can't really... Really? So, we'll see. Cool. Um, but he moved us to California in 1976, and we were there for about five years, and then parents split up, so we came back here. And So he would... He still worked in the business, so he would get my mom tickets, and she would take... Because, you know, they were still... Well, they weren't talking at that point, but... But she would get, he appreciated that yeah, you should yeah. go see culture. Yeah, so go get some culture. <laughs> Pablo. Cruz Where did you live? Was, uh, we lived in. I grew up in the North Shore, in uh, Nahant. In Nahant. Swampscott. Which is now underwater. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, Aww. Yeah. So, but. Uh-huh. That's nice. So pretty. Uh, yeah. So, uh, photography. When did that uh, oh, come into your life? Yeah. Well, that actually was pretty early. Mm-hmm. I had one of those little Kodak cameras with the little shutter yeah. release on it and mm-hmm. I took a lot of pictures starting my dad was really into photography he had a dark room in the basement mm-hmm. I didn't use it but I was aware I was probably imitating because right. he was a very good photographer yeah. and um, I uh, um, I was given my first camera for my bat mitzvah mm-hmm. and I was 11 does that make sense? 11, 12? 12. And it was a, um, a Minolta XG. Yeah. And it was um, a fixed 50. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, removable lens, but fixed right. 50, 35 millimeter yeah. with a Vivitar hot shoe flash, which I might have actually bought myself later. Right. Um, I might have saved up my pennies to buy that Vivitar flash. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was a sweetie pie. It yeah. was a really great little camera. I really loved it. For that first camera. For a long time. No, the only camera, actually. Oh, yeah. So that was the camera that went into war with me, that yeah. went into the trenches. Oh, really? Um, yep. That was the camera. It was solid as a brick. Oh, wow. And Vivitar. Yeah. Hot shoe mounted flash <laughs> and go. F8 yeah. and be there. So there's a couple of pictures in the show. Yeah. And this show is really, we can talk about what this show yeah, is. Because this show is not other shows. Right. There's a couple of pictures that I must have gotten a zoom lens at some, at some point. I remember hating zoom lenses and I right. still do because it makes things soft. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have as fast a shutter speed. You don't have as um, a longer depth of field. You can't cheat. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't matter anymore because right. now we have like eight gazillion ISO right. and autofocus and auto exposure and all this right. stuff. But when I was shooting black and white film with a manual camera Mm -hmm. I had a light meter in my camera Mm -hmm. but it wasn't I had to turn things my light meter I I had a very modern camera that already started to have some automatic settings so I did have something called aperture priority Mm -hmm. which means that I could set the aperture and then the ring would change the or something no you know what I didn't. No. <laughs> I changed my aperture all the time, and I, it was all manual focus. Yeah. Huh. So my the reason I'd say that is because the aperture would have almost always been, well, it depended on the distance from the yeah. subject. But I was using a, what's called a thyristor flash, which on a thrist, on the back you would evaluate. You'd say, okay, I'm, my throw here is six feet. My throw here is twelve feet. Yeah. And then it would tell you what to set your aperture at based right. on the only shutter speed you can use with a right. hot shoe mounted flash, which is 1 60th of a okay. second. So a lot of my pictures are in motion mm-hmm. because 1 60th of a second with a flash, yeah. the flash is a little bit faster than that. The idea is not to get drag, right? Right. Or slower? I guess it would be slower, so it right. fills the whole time. Anyway, yeah, yeah. you only get 1 60th of a second. If you go faster or slower, things don't work. Right. Um, the flash is fast enough to freeze motion. Mm-hmm. So if something's moving in theory, the flash will suspend it. But mm-hmm. if something's moving really fast, yeah. 160th of a second isn't really enough. enough. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, things are a little out of focus. Right. In some cases, I think what was going on was, I, I think sometimes I actually did keep my shutter open at 125th. Maybe, maybe not in any of these though, because sometimes I kind of use light. I'm getting way too detailed into this now. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. But yeah, yeah. I really it's, love it's, photography. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's the whole point. I really do. Yeah. I really do. I love it. It's, I actually was thinking recently that, so in life, you have to take the things and ride them, right? Like yeah. whatever's happening. Right. And I've, um, I've had a few times that I've shown work and I've been selling work to magazines and books pretty steadily for a long time yeah. you know piece here a piece there not mm-hmm. a ton right um, but once in a while if, you know there's a few books yeah. that I have work in mm-hmm. and um, recently I made a decision that I was going to kind of crowbar my work out and yeah. get it starting to get it organized and um, I can't remember exactly I guess I 
I guess maybe I left my number or something at one of the diesel cafe places. Like there's diesel, there's Forge, there's Block 11. I think what happened was I left my number or my email address and they emailed me and said, yeah, we really do want to show here. Mm -hmm. So as with everything I do, I went a little overboard and I did like a million pictures. Right. It was stupid. It was like 28 or something. Mm-hmm. I did a show once at Suzu. Yeah, yeah. Where I put wire, I put hook eyes into mm-hmm. the walls on either side of the mirrors. Yeah. And I ran wires oh, right. across the mirrors and then I hung black oh, and right. white prints. Yeah. And I went into a studio for yeah. three days and printed for eight hours a day. Oh, my God. And everything I printed, I put up and there was 75 pictures. Oh, really? It was like they were like fluttering. Right. It looked like the drying racks <laughs> in a photo studio. There was, yeah, yeah. And people had to like move them to right. see. And they uh, all were handwritten on who they were, right. which I should go do something on those. Yeah. So um, they, uh, those pictures, I called that show First Edit mm-hmm. because around the same time I decided with this whole kind of shoehorning out, I decided that I really want to publish before I die. Right. Not in other people's books, right? But in my own book, yeah. Maybe more than one, yeah. Um, so I started to reach out to editors and agents, and I've gotten nowhere. Right. By the way, just yeah. so you know, yeah. Just people saying like, no, not interested, or yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. Well, my husband, who is a saint, mm-hmm. says that if you're selling a red. Honda Civic, mm-hmm. and somebody wants a white Ford Econoline, mm-hmm. and you're selling a red Honda Civic, they're very unlikely to buy your car. Right. But if they want a red Honda Civic, that's when you have to convince them you're the right red Honda Civic. Yeah, yeah. I'm now thinking of myself as a red Honda <laughs> Civic. If you're a red Honda Del Sol, mm-hmm. a 1993 Del Sol, in good condition mm-hmm. and somebody's looking for a Ford Econoline they're not going to buy your yeah. 1993 mint condition right. Honda Del Sol that's what I am yeah yeah I'm a Honda Del Sol yeah yeah it's practical <laughs> and sporty yeah 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 I think uh, with with the the triple X book yeah that's displaying like so much of your work and yeah I think it is but kind of, that's but what you see right right as opposed to Torment Saint, right. which had 30 of my photos of Elliot Smith in it, right. or Finding Cobain by mm-hmm. Charles Cross, yep. which had a full plate yeah. of one of my photos of yeah. Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, it goes on and on. There's, right. it, it, there's a lot of yeah. publication. I am published in um, Mojo mm-hmm. and Q nice. pretty regularly. Yeah. Like They're about to do another thing. And, yeah. um, it, it's not that I'm not published. It's that I'm not published in my own yeah. in my own vehicle. Right, right. I want to be published in my own vehicle. Yeah. And um, I actually have, ironically, a academic book. Yeah. In me that I want to do that has to do. I keep giving this idea away, but I think that the more I talk about it, the better the book will be. Yeah. Because I think I'm going to interview people about it to, mm-hmm. to do this book. But yeah. it has to do with this moment in time when I believe that hair metal mm-hmm. combined with things that were happening in various areas yep. and created basically grunge. Yep. So you have touring bands that are punk bands right. 
and particularly in, it's basically the birth of grunge you have touring yeah. bands that are punk bands mm-hmm. but what you're hearing on the radio is hair metal it's right. like striper guns and roses right and guns and roses and stuff like that and um and the result the clash between the kind of the la hair metal and the east coast and even some west coast punk rock mm-hmm. is this thing this bubble that happens up in the northwest right. because all they see touring yeah is hardcore bands right and all they hear on the radio is, is LA metal. hair metal. Right. Interesting. And I think that's where grunge was born. Yeah. Definitely. And I have the pictures to prove yeah. it. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so that book, I'm like, that's one book that I have wanted to do for a long time. And then um, I'm sitting on some stuff that nobody's ever seen in particular. Um, <clears throat> I'm sitting on some stuff from Nirvana. Yeah. That um, sitting on a situation. It's like I'm hatching it. Nice. Which makes me think of parakeets. Yeah. Um, the I have this work, this Nirvana work that I just found recently, mm-hmm. um, of Reading in '92. Yeah. And there's a couple of shots in there that I'm really excited about that I haven't done anything with it, and so yeah. I sort of would love to do a book, a Nirvana book. Yeah. And um, except it would be kind of short. <laughs> It'd be like, I don't know, there's only there's not a lot of Nirvana images, right, but that's right. okay. Yeah, yeah. It could be a coffee table book with huge <laughs> plates with nothing on the opposing page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and it would be thirty pages long and done. Yeah, perfect. All right, so that's the Nirvana book. <laughs> um, I so, feel like I feel like Todd already did the Elliot book. Yeah, yeah. Um, going to going backwards to okay. like photography and music. Yeah. When did those those merge for you? When did you In nineteen eighty I was standing in line to see, um, that's not right. It couldn't have been 80. In 1985, yeah. I, was, I was like, 80? I was standing in line to see um, Huskadoo mm-hmm. on the ch- cherry, what was it called? Uh, cherry Poppin', cherry, cherry Daddy, Cherry uh, candy Red. Candy Apple Red. Candy Apple Gray. On the Candy Apple Gray. Soul Asylum, and maybe? Open. Yeah, maybe Soul yeah. Asylum. Paradise. Probably yeah. Paradise, yeah. exactly. Um, wow, cherry popping daddies. <laughs> See, I told you I know I keep on top of everything. Yeah. Um, candy apple gray with a tip of the hat to a wonderful band. Sorry yeah. about that, guys. Um, so I was standing in line to see who's could do. Yeah. And I was standing next to this kid mm-hmm. who was maybe a year older than me. Yeah. And we were talking because that's what you did when you're a boy and a girl. And yeah. You're you're heterosexual and you're standing in line at a show and you're checking this person out to see if they're even like remotely a possibility, which happily was not the case. But what did end up happening, and I say happily because what ended up happening was better. Right. Um, you know, what are you into? I started a fanzine, really. I like to take pictures. Do you ever need photographers? Well, yes, yes, I do. So I became in one fell swoop one of the photographers for Triple X fanzine. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got a taste of what that meant, yeah. you're on the guest list. Yeah. You're escorted to the front of the stage. You are protected mm-hmm. because people want you to take those pictures and yeah. then you're published and paid for it. Yeah. I was sold, absolutely yeah. sold. I was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was probably a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. He was maybe a sophomore at BU. I was at the museum school. I had full darkroom access all the time. Yeah. Um, then I took a year off from school and worked in a photo lab and continued to have full darkroom access. I worked at Ferranti Daigi mm-hmm. in Harvard Square. Okay. And um, 
yeah, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved the joy and the passion of it. And once I had started taking pictures of bands at shows, the next natural step was to take pictures of bands post. Yeah. And so um, the next show is actually going to be called Portraits. Oh, yeah. And it will have some of those posts. Yeah. You have a great picture of the descendants, I think, behind the rat. Yep. That's a great shot. That's one of my very favorite ever photos because what happened in that photo, Mm -hmm. and I have all the before and after too. What happened in that photo was that I said, come on, we're going to go sit on this fire escape so I can get you on tears. It's a nice day. I'm going to take your band photo for whatever magazine or newspaper was paying me to do it that day. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't have been triple X. It would have been like Boston Rock or um, something like that. Yeah. And um, so I went and I, you know, I did that thing where you like herd cats and you get them all into one place. And somebody in the band was probably like, come on, guys, come on, guys, because they recognized the promotional opportunity. And Bill Stevenson was very late to the table. Yeah. I took one picture and he stood up and walked out. The one picture is not the money shot. Right. The money shot is as he's walking out of the frame, glaring at the camera. They're all looking at him like, what the fuck? Right. totally told the story yeah, yeah. of what was going on and it was a much more dynamic band yeah. portrait nice. and um, I do have this thing I do and with digital obviously it's easier where I do shoot a couple of dummy shots before I actually take the shot that I know is going to be the, I always fire a dummy shot right. because you got to get people and with a real camera and they hear clunk right. then they stop then posing they, stop, they right. know you got the shot and that's when that's you start when you to shoot mm-hmm. so um I did shoot a couple of them on the stairs. Mm-hmm. He walked away almost immediately. Shot a couple of the band behind the scenes too, like before. Yeah. So I know that he wasn't there because <laughs> there's a few of just them on right. the stairs. Yeah. Now, was I that, love that. Was that a challenge going from, you know, because at the hardcore shows, it's sort of, or live shows, it's in the moment and you're capturing something. Yeah, you're still capturing it. What I and can't do is... Um, my son is a terrific architectural photographer. Mm-hmm. I, I can't take pictures of things that aren't moving. Right. That yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I like to move. When I, when I um, shoot, I, so we can talk about this if you want to. I haven't shot a rock show in years. Yeah. How long? Since the invention of the digital camera. Really? Yeah. Because I stopped seeing the point. Yeah. Well, I, I always thought... Like when looking at all your pictures now that the, that they're here and and in the book, is you captured these moments that you know not many people were capturing because no nobody now was there. It, and it's you know it sounds like an old person no, complaining. Nobody but was there. Now there's three hundred. You know right. you go to a show and then right. that night you can see. A I video do other of it. things now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I cook. Yeah. My favorite thing to do, and I haven't been doing it very much, and I really want to get back to this. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing to do is to cook weird little pop-up dinners. Yeah. I love cooking little pop-up dinners. Yeah. Nice. And I'd love to do more of that. Yeah. Um, I used to do a ton of it, and the economy shift. People don't hire personal chefs as much as they used to. Right. Or maybe maybe I'm bad at it. Yeah. It's possible <laughs> I'm really, maybe I really suck at it. No. They seem to be having a good time, though. Yeah. They could be faking it. They could all be pretending to have a good time, but they're not really having a good time. <laughs> I think you're being hard on yourself. Yeah. With, it's possible. <laughs> um, but so when I look at nowadays, 
you can see 500 pictures of someone. So, uh, you know, you go to a show and this, you can see the next day on Instagram or Facebook the same exact picture. So I think this is amazing that you can, because there's only one picture of Kevin Seconds holding the mic to the crowd with his hair back and, you know, Hank and, you know, these familiar faces. And I, I think that's like an important thing for people to see that. I think and, so too. I, so it actually, um, it, it's really super, super important for a particular group of people. Yeah. And they're my, as, as Gitters says in the fanzine, they're my tribe. Mm-hmm. They're my loves. True. They're my darlings. They're yeah. my family. And, um, in that I would give anything to my family, yeah. I will go through this pile of pictures forever, yeah. sharing them with people forever because yeah. it's really important. And actually, um, this miraculous thing has happened, which is that the people in my family who want to own them and who can buy them do. Right. Yeah. And um, I think they recognize that they're patrons to the arts mm-hmm. yeah. and that's really um it's i mean i can't tell you yeah how helpful it is yeah. that that this happens yeah. that people um get in touch with me and say like so these pictures these are inkjet prints mm-hmm. it's they're very very low quality in right. my opinion when i look at them i can yeah. see where the ink is sitting on the paper they're beautiful yeah hats off right Noman copy harvard mm-hmm. square oh my god yeah Amazing! They mm-hmm. worked so hard, gave me proofs. Yeah. They worked so hard for this nice. to be absolutely perfect, and I'm so pleased and so impressed. And like, yeah. they did an amazing job. The biggest problem with them is that I did very low res scans mm-hmm. because I decided that I wanted to do something here that was different. And um, I'm I'm just going to be brutally honest here. I couldn't yeah. afford to have them all scanned. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not cheap to have something scanned yeah, at high res. So. The ones, if somebody contacts me to buy one, um, what I'm charging them for here yeah. is... Um, for high quality. I'm charging them both for the print, which is really high quality, and also for the scan, mm-hmm. which is really high quality because yeah. um, the uh, it, it, my scans on my flatbed scanner, they're fine for this. Right. Because you're looking at them from far away through mm-hmm. rose-colored glasses. Right. But, um, yeah, they're... They're not good enough for right. real reproduction for silver print, mm-hmm. which is an actual like the light shines on the paper <laughs> and it has to be of a certain resolution right. to actually look really good. Mm-hmm. So digital silver imaging do that and they're incredible and they've been doing my work for years. And nice. um, yeah, they're great. And uh, so if somebody orders one for me, it actually is an order that goes straight to them. Yeah. Because they're pros and they do a great job and um yeah so there you go but those are those are the patrons those made this this show possible and it's almost like as people would buy one Mm -hmm. i would make more prints right so i just got to make three more prints so i'm gonna fill that last wall oh awesome but that was because somebody yeah bought bought something so now i can make three more (laughs) (laughs) now when, when you were taking these pictures and then you would go get them developed it must have been like an amazing feeling. Well, to I didn't then. get them developed, my love. Well, you, did, you, I developed yeah, you, them. When you, that's what I yeah, meant to say. Yeah, when you were was, developing yeah, them. I, it was, well, first of all, photography is magic. Yeah. There's nothing science about it. It right. is pure magic. It is pixie dust yeah. and little 
barren, not barren, that's the wrong word, little naked children <laughs> running around in the woods with right. wreaths on their heads. It's total magic. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> naked babies with wreaths. It's magic. Especially because they're walking. Why would babies walk? So they... Uh, Oh boy, I'm never going to get out of that one. So, um, developing film. Yeah. There's this moment. Have you ever developed film? I haven't. Okay. No. So, you're in dark, total dark, and mm -hmm. you take a can opener and you pop open that little 35 millimeter canister, and in total dark, mm -hmm. you take that film and you wind it onto a spiral. It's called a reel, yeah. a film reel, mm -hmm. and you load the film onto the reel. Mm -hmm. And it can't be touching at any point on that right. winding, or mm -hmm. it will get a spot mark. Yeah. Then, still in the dark, mm -hmm. you put it into a canister and you lock it down. And then the canister is designed light. This is very important. This is all you need to know in photography ever. Mm -hmm. Light only travels in a straight line. Mm -hmm. So you have this canister with a lid that goes is made out of black plastic, so it goes down and then over and then down, yeah. so you can get liquid in and out of it right. without light going in and yeah, out yeah. of it. Yep. And you do this this process where you put the developer in and then you shake it every 30 seconds a little bit, you agitate it to yeah. keep the chemistry moving, mm -hmm. and you tap it to get rid of air bubbles very lightly so you don't break it, and you go through developer and then stop bath and then fixer. When you get through the second mi minute of the fixer, yeah you can open the canister. Oh, right. That's what and you see. that is the magical moment right. when you find out whether you actually managed yeah. to capture yeah. anything. Yeah. Because there's always a possibility that your shutter speed got knocked out by some stage diver and mm -hmm. you shot everything at a 30th of a second <laughs> right. and you only have a half a picture like yeah. I have of two rolls of the swans. Right, yeah. And there's always the possibility that the film never went through the camera. Right. It just wasn't wound on there. That right. happens. Yeah. So it's blank. Yeah. There's the possibility that something's wrong with the film and yeah. it was flashed, yeah. in which case it's black. So nine times out of ten, the pictures are there. And then you have that moment of like, I can't wait to look at them. But, right. you know, yeah. if they were there, I knew they were okay. If right. they were there, if there was highs and lows and everything in between. Yeah. I'd got the shot. Right. Because that's the yeah, easy part. Yeah. Well, that's what I was it's say. the exposure so, that's hard. Yeah. So when you, you would discover, wow, this is an amazing shot that I captured here. And, but there must have been times when you look through and maybe it just wasn't. And there was you weren't nothing. feeling it for, for you or... Were there times when... I've it, never had that yeah. experience. Good. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> um, good. I do now, once yeah. in a while now. So actually, I had it very, very, very recently. I found some film, and I was really hoping that it was a thing that it wasn't. Right. So in the end, I'm happy I have it, because I have some pictures of, on film of my kids. It was rolls of film that I had shot much, like recently okay. um, within the last 10 years. But mm -hmm. there was a band that I had really hoped that I got, yeah. and I did get one beautiful shot, mm -hmm. one beautiful shot of the bass player bent all the way over backwards. And it's beautiful, and he's like full on, and he's in motion, and his hair is moving, and it's a gorgeous shot. One. Yeah. Who was this? Movie? On the entire roll. Portugal, the man. Okay. One picture on mm. the entire roll. Now's the moment <laughs> I should sell it. But right. um, the, the rest of them were all horribly, horribly, horribly underexposed. Yeah. There's like 
the edge of someone's face. <laughs> but there's no right. real... Yeah. There's no real shot, except for that one, which is gorgeous. Because yeah. I must have been standing very close to him. Right. And that would have been shooting with a, probably with a 50 millimeter lens. Nice. And I'm not sure what that was all about, why I was shooting film that day. I'm guessing somebody put a camera in my hands and was like, right. hey, could you shoot some film? Yeah. Maybe my husband, who shot film for a while. Mm -hmm. um, my camera broke yeah. about 15 years ago, my Minolta. Mm -hmm. And that was the end of film. Yeah. Because digital had started happening at that time. So... The reason I shot music yeah. was because I love music. Yeah. When I had kids, mm -hmm. I really liked being around kids. Yeah. So I started shooting kids. Mm -hmm. I shot families yeah. for like their own keepsake. Yeah. Um, not a lot of them, but a few. Right. I think I borrowed digital cameras to yeah. do that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I shot um, for... The Martha's Vineyard Times, mm -hmm. I shot lifestyle events. So I shot things like kids making Valentines oh, okay. at the library nice. for the Martha's Vineyard Times for four yeah. years. And so I did that with like elf point and shoots, mm -hmm. like really, really low res cameras. Right. Yeah. Um, because it was for black and white print production. Right. So it didn't have to be high res. Mm -hmm. And honestly, those were really exciting because in those days, well, I'd stopped shooting pick, shooting bands at all, so it didn't matter to me that I wasn't shooting bands. Right. But um, there weren't a lot of people shooting. Yeah. So it was still kind of... Mm -hmm. I was still in a special place at a special time. Yeah. Just yeah. a different special place. I went through a whole phase also yeah. where I traveled with a circus oh, yeah? for about six months. Really? And yeah, yeah. as an electrician. Mm -hmm. And I took all these photos. These are film photos. Yeah from um, up in the up in the scaffolding of this circus because I was an electrician so I right. was up running up a spotlight the, right. so I was up above it all so yeah. it's all pictures of like the shapes of the tent and oh, wow. looking through the filters and things huh. nice. pictures nobody's ever seen <laughs> I documented a Catholic school for about six months really? as a project one time huh. that's pretty cool sure <laughs> it's great and uh, you're talking about special moments you you photographed uh, Nirvana early on when they first got to really the first early. time they played yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah, 1988. at uh, Green Street. At Green Street. Uh, Were you there? I wasn't. I was oh. at Man Ray. Uh, photographed them there, too. I, I took some. I So I had like Did a you? crappy... Inst yeah, there's a, a book that... Uh, a guy from FNX wrote a book on Nirvana, and he used one of my pictures. Awesome. And that was just a crappy that's awesome who camera, cares yeah yeah no i know who cares you yeah. were there with yeah, the camera yeah. most yeah. people weren't yeah yeah um so we were able to feel that they were like an important like when you first saw them or heard nirvana or met them did you know that they were going to be like could you feel that because I, I yeah i still feel that when i see bands yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I mean, they were amazing. Yeah. But the reason that we were hanging out with them, the reason that they were staying with us wasn't because they were amazing. Yeah. It was because lots of bands stayed with us. Yeah. And there was a sort of a loop coming out of um, Seattle that mm. I had fallen into with bands like, um, um, oh, God. Wow. <laughs> that sucks. Nirvana. No, 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 before no, Nirvana. no, no, before and punk. Yeah. There were punk bands yeah. from Seattle right. that were touring the hardcore circuit. Mm -hmm. And I had met people 
from those bands because they were touring the hardcore circuit. And then they would go back. And there was one in particular, and I'm just so embarrassed that I'm not (laughs) pulling this name right now because they were really, really good friends. I'm going to remember it all of a sudden. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, it was blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Not Caustic Resin before that. I I can't remember, but it was a name kind of like that. Yeah. And um, I'm so embarrassed I can picture them all. So... um, there was bands coming through from Seattle and Nirvana were one of the bands I had toured the country a couple of times at that point with Hullabaloo okay. and so we knew people both from the west coast and the east coast because when bands had come through on tour and I was managing a band called Hullabaloo mm-hmm. yeah. so I was touring with Hullabaloo yeah. and the scene that I was really excited about at that time was actually what I think became the grunge scene. Yeah. But it's that moment that I'm talking about where you mm-hmm. have all this hardcore coming through, but then you also yeah. have all this hair metal and, and um, that was Fleetwood cool Mac. Music. Yeah. You know I mean? It's like, oh, it was great. It was 88, 89. Great, yeah. great, great time in music. Great. 88 to 92. Fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And even beyond. But that, mm-hmm. that moment, yeah. 88 to 92 is what I think of it as. Yeah. The, the birth of grunge. Mm-hmm. So... Um, the, th- these bands, um, I mean, I'm thinking of them like all over the country, House of Large Sizes, mm-hmm. uh, the Mud Women, like there were these bands all over the country that would come through, yeah. but then we would also see them, we would also play with them when we were in their towns. Right. And um, so someone, I mean, it could, quite honestly, it could have been Jonathan Poneman. I, right. I don't remember. Someone called me yeah. and said, I've got this band coming and I don't have anywhere to put them and right. they don't have anywhere to stay and they're tired and they need a break and can you put them up? So we went to Green Street and yeah. we walked up to them and said, so and such sent us, we're taking you home tonight. And they said, thank you. <laughs> and um, we took them home and put them on our floor in Watertown yeah. and hung out with them and became friends with them. Yeah. Sluggo in particular became, um, he traded a guitar, Kurt had smashed his guitar in New York the night before right. and didn't play the guitar. I probably saw the only show that Kurt didn't play guitar. Right. Maybe huh. not, but yeah, yeah. he didn't play guitar that night. Huh. Jason Everman played guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, a fascinating character. Yeah. And um, so I have all these pictures of them all hanging out the next morning, not because, I mean, Certainly, to some degree, I must have been like, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. Right. Because they were, but not as amazing as when I saw them at Man Ray. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. They had come, they'd moved to a different place. Oh, yeah. That first tour was very punk. Yeah. And it it changed. I mean, they got better. Very. The more they toured, the better they got. They were very good, but they weren't as good as they were at Man Ray. Right, right. Or at MIT or Hampshire, those Mm -hmm. shows. Um... Were you at the MIT one? I wasn't. What? Right. Were you at the MIT one? Yeah. I was. Yeah. I Everyone was. claims to be at that one, but... I, no, I was... No, actually, I, was, I have yeah, pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have pictures to prove it. I was I there. Was there yeah. That's some of the photos. Yeah. I have, I have about four different moments. I shot them in my home, which yeah. everybody has seen, although there's all these pictures that people haven't seen, because why would they? Pictures of Chris Novoselic sitting with Jason Everman yeah. and just hanging out with coffee. Right. Thor Eisentrager from The Cows was there, and he was hanging out because they mm-hmm. were friends and stuff yeah. like that. And we were just hanging out. Yeah drinking coffee um so uh so i saw them at mit i didn't shoot them at green street i shot them next day i shot them at mit i shot them at man ray and then i just recently discovered that i shot them at reading the 
which is a great story. Yeah. What We're probably running like? out of time. No, no, no. Talk as long as we want. It's a great story. Okay. It's good. one of those. Yeah, yeah. Like, it. like it would be a good, it would be a good actual like a fiction yeah. novel, right? <laughs> okay. Someday. Yeah. Next thing, maybe that's one of the books. <laughs> so, except anyway, um, I needed a break and I was trying to get away from music and I yeah. just graduated from art school and I couldn't get a job because the government had just lifted all the art teacher positions out of. 1991, yeah. gone, no art teacher positions in public schools, and I just spent six years getting a dual degree right. to teach art in public schools. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Timing. Right? Never use that degree. Use it every day. Right. Um, <laughs> education degree, classroom management. Yeah. Um, behavior modification. So I, um, I didn't know what to do with myself. I went to Portland. I ran away and joined the circus. That was great. I went to Portland. I worked in a restaurant. That was great. Food. Love food. Yeah. Um, I started going out to see bands. I wasn't going to take pictures. I refused to work with them. I was not going to manage a band. I was not going to do it. Yeah. Um, my friend Jason introduced me to his friends, Neil and Elliot. They just moved from Hampshire College with their band, Heat Miser. I was like, no, I'm not going to get back into this, even right. though I know exactly what this band needs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I booked a flight, what they call an open jaws ticket, and got yeah. a year rail pass, and I booked a flight into Portugal. Mm -hmm. And I met a friend from Boston, and we traveled together from Portugal down into Morocco across Spain. Mm -hmm. Somehow, we didn't go to France and Germany. Yeah. I don't know how we did this, because <laughs> we did Spain and Italy. Right. How did we miss France yeah. and Germany? I remember some <laughs> Alps being involved. Right. But we got to Italy, and then ultimately, she decided to leave two months in and I decided to stay and I went east and went to Czechoslovakia which was just becoming the Czech Republic so I went to Prague mm -hmm. and Vienna um, I did not cross into deep Eastern Europe things were still a little rough right. the wall hadn't come down yet mm -hmm. I didn't go to Poland right. um, the wall came down like a minute later mm -hmm. um, and I um, I followed these darling people. I met these very sweet college students to this place called Tilburg in yeah. Amsterdam from from Prague where we were living the life of the Lotus Eaters. They, right. You stay in a hostel, a hostel thing in Prague in a big auditorium, big, okay. big room. Mm -hmm. And every morning at 7 o'clock they wake you up and they say, do you want breakfast or are you going to stay another day? Mm -hmm. And what do you do? You give them the money to stay another right. day because yeah, fuck yeah. you, it's 7 o'clock in the morning and I was <laughs> right. out all night. Yeah. So um, we were living in this life where we were never going to leave and they were like, come with us, we have to go back to college, come with us, come to Tilburg. So I went to Tilburg and I saw the Floriade, the big flower show, and it was phenomenal and the food was great and smoking in movie theaters and just mm -hmm. incredible experience. And yeah. I took a bus and, or a coach and I went to Hook von Holland and I took the ferry, which is awful, pukey ferry. Yeah to um, Harwich, mm -hmm. and then I took, my father always says a second class carriage because of <laughs> Doily Cart, Gilbert and Sullivan, but yeah. I, um, I took a coach to London, I took the tube into the center of London, I exited at Piccadilly Circus and somebody called my name and I turned around and it was Nirvana, <laughs> <laughs> which was weird right. because I had gone on this walkabout, this yeah. mission, this three month journey to look at religious art in the right. original and I had found Nirvana. <laughs> and I went to Reading mm -hmm. and I was on the side of the stage when they pushed him out in yeah. the gurney. Yeah. Those pictures are no good 
No? No, fixed 50. Yeah, oh, really? Miles away. Huh. Those pictures are no good. But I have some other pictures. Yeah. Different. I have pictures of us on the tube and hanging oh, wow. it out in Piccadilly Circus. And he went to um, some kind of, we went to some kind of like hard rock. I don't think the hard rock existed yet. Right. But it was called like the rock and roll restaurant or something like right. that. Because um, he needed to pee, yeah. and they didn't let him in because really? his jeans were torn. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's playing in front of thousands. Reading, he was right. headlining Reading. That was the second year. <laughs> right. That wasn't the first year where they played Reading. That was the second year where they headlined, headlined and they it, said yeah. they would only headline if they could curate it. Right. Yeah. So they got to. So it was Mud Honey and yeah. the Beastie Boys and Nick Cave yeah. and Run DMC and like it, maybe definitely the Melvins. Yeah. I mean, it was just like. That's crazy. Yeah. It was <laughs> bliss. It was yeah. full on bliss. It was yeah. the most amazing festival ever. Yeah. Nice. And I'm not a festival fan. Yeah, yeah. So there's. So I actually really like Boston Calling. Yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. very big. Right, right. So and you it's actually, right it's, yeah, so you actually can really feel like you're, I don't know. I feel like it's a very connected festival. The yeah. sound is good. Yeah. I saw um, Bonnie Vera and Mac DeMarco last year, mm -hmm. and they were both phenomenal. The sound was really good. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Like the sight lines weren't actually that bad. Right. I've gone every year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's big now, but it's not right. as big as Reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like Glastonbury. Right. Yeah. It's not like so big that you can't even see right. the band. Yeah, and like, yeah. It's not that painful, thank God. Right. It'll get there. Yeah. But it's um. not there yet. <laughs> so this band... Yeah, and I don't have to park. That probably makes a big difference, yeah, right? Yeah, like dealing with like a big traffic I can walk from thing. my house to yeah. Boston Calling. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so this band, Heat Miser. Yeah. Uh, what was the deal so, with them? So Heat Miser, like Nirvana, the first time I ever saw Heat Miser, I knew that they were... I mean, you know that, right? You see somebody and you're like, this yeah. person is oh, a yeah. special songwriter. Yeah, of course. This is not your average everyday songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. There's a woman right now named Morgan Eve Swain okay. who was in a band called Brown Bird mm -hmm. and her new band is called Huntress and Holder of Hands. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck what you think about how she produces this music. Yeah because it's weird how she produces it and it's as she said to me the other day I just met her recently she's yeah. great um, she said to me it's bass 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 viola drums hmm. it's a, a double bass yeah. bass file a cello a bass electric bass guitar right. a viola huh. and drums with three female vocals it's almost impossible wow. to mix yeah yeah it's like Hmm. How do you? There's no mid. Right. Zero mid. It's a. It's so quiet. Hmm. It's like, really, really, really hard to work with yeah. without it feeding back and being right. crazy. So, um, when I, when I first heard her music, and yeah. I, I actually met her before I heard her music. Yeah. When I first heard her music, not right. her band, but her music. Right. Um, I I do believe that this woman is an exceptionally talented yeah. songwriter I believe that yeah. does that mean she's going to make it probably right. not because she's a woman right yeah. for starters yeah. right. with women in her band right. so you know people are like but the roaches but the bangles and I'm like but <laughs> who else right right name yeah, yeah. name 10 bands you know right name 10 bands yeah. how many of them are actually women right 
Like, yeah. how many of them? Yeah. Really? Like, even one? Yeah. No, I know. You know, if you pick the first time, the first time bands I think of, first of all, I have practiced this skill right. of naming women. <laughs> yeah. I've practiced it. I've made myself learn how to do it. So yeah, I yeah. could probably do 10 pretty quickly. Yeah. But maybe. Right. But most people, if you say name 10 bands right. without any agenda, yeah, yeah. they're going to just... It's going to be all male bands. bands. So, um, but she's really talented. So the first time I ever saw Heat Miser, I knew immediately that I was dealing with mad talent. And um, it was really hard for me to not say, I want to work with you. And they even asked me and I said, no. Right. And, um, and then I said, yes, later I came back from Reading and was like, okay, fuck it. I, I'm never getting out. (laughs) I might as well just do this thing. And, um, that was not the first time I'd walked away from music. It's not the last time I walk away from music, right. music is, it, it's something that I don't um, necessarily choose. Right. It's like the wand. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I, how do you talk about Elliot Smith? Somebody actually said this. How do you cover an Elliot Smith song? You can't. Yeah, yeah. Certain Nobody artists. can yeah. cover an Elliot Smith song yeah. because not only was he singing it, but he was playing it. Yeah. And... Not only can nobody sing like Elliot Smith, yeah. nobody can play like Elliot Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. how do you talk about an Elliot Smith song? Right. How do you talk about that experience of watching someone? And Kurt was that good. And I've yeah. seen people. I I watched. I mean, the 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 bass file player in Huntress mm-hmm. is so talented. Yeah. Is so talented. Right. That it's like, she is absolutely connected to her instrument right. intimately connected to it and that's um, that's that thing that you see, yeah, you see right it. and you see it um, why did we go see Dagnasty to watch right. fucking Brian Baker play right. guitar yeah yeah that's why we yeah. went to see Dagnasty yeah. was yeah. to watch Brian Baker play yeah. guitar yes everybody was good but Brian right. Baker yeah, played the, the fuck yeah. out of that guitar yeah. or I mean, I can think of so many things like this. You know, yeah. why do I go to see Rhett Miller? Right. Because, oh my God, when he does that thing with his <laughs> arm that's completely disconnected as he's singing and right. playing every note ever known to man, and like, how does he even do that? Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can even think like local bands. I love, and of course now I'm pulling all these male bands and I'm like <laughs> kicking myself. Julie Rhodes, great, amazing, mm-hmm. deep from the bottom of her heart. Fucking Ruby Rose Fox, oh yeah. my God. Mm-hmm. So you see these people. Yeah. So Elliot was like that. It was yeah. like, oh my God. And Heat Miser were great. They were a great band. One of the things about Heat Miser was that, in fact, um, if Elliot hadn't been so mind-bogglingly talented, mm-hmm. he would not have drawn focus from the three other mind-bogglingly talented people Numbers, in that band. Right. Um, the drummer is a remarkable producer. Yeah. Has been producing for years. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dandy Warhols is kind of his oh, claim okay. to fame. Yep. And but he's produced he produced the Hard Ons. Oh, the really? Hard Ons. Oh yeah, from yeah. Australia, yeah. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other people. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the bass player doesn't play in bands, I don't think anymore, although I hope he's playing bass at all because he was really, really super great. Right. And um, the other guitar player was one or the other would write the songs whoever song it was would be singing right and he also wrote really great songs yeah. a lot of my favorite heat miser songs are neil songs yeah huh. nice um, so where am i from <laughs> <laughs> so this music this, and photography yeah. and photography and music and food yeah and i love food yeah i so, do i love it which now which now 
I'm a caterer. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I'm a you caterer. Own, uh, I own Cuisine on Locale, yep. which is a catering company mm-hmm. that in turn has a venue yeah. that we call Once. Yes. And um, it's an awful name. <laughs> yeah, well, people are up, like, we'll Once? Why would I? Me. Yeah. Me. I came up with it. It's, a, it's an acronym. Right. And it's a brand that I used for years, and it doesn't belong on the side of a venue. But you know what? If you can teach somebody to call something TT the Bears, right. you can teach them right. to call it just about anything. Right. Green Street Station. Green Street. It's a bad yeah. name. Once is a bad name <laughs> because it connotates you go once and you don't go again. On the other hand, people are now saying it the same way they ever said the rat. Yeah, yeah. So of course. it's once. It's what yeah. it is. It's where you go. Have you been to once? I'm going to once. Right. I don't know. They're playing at once. <laughs> Let's hasten to the bar at once. Yeah, you've been doing. It's been doing good though. It's it's. Uh, it's you've had some. It is. Um, it is. We call it a magic rainbow unicorn butterfly. <laughs> it is a very special and yeah. very unusual place. Mm-hmm. And um, I can only say, like any magical unicorn rainbow unicorn butterfly. <laughs> Yeah. It's uh, it is what it is. Yeah. It is temporal and ethereal, and I can't say what mercurial form it will take at any time. Right. We um, we're branching out all over the place. Things shift and change. Mm-hmm. I love doing metal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I really love a good loud band. Yeah, I was gonna say so. Worshipper, <laughs> have you seen Worshipper? Oh, I love Worshipper. They're playing. Yeah, yeah. John Drama's on this. The oh, podcast. I love them. Yeah. I love them. I love every yeah. one of them individually. Oh, yeah, great people. Seriously. Dave, Dave Drama. Oh my God, yeah. I love them all. Yeah, they're very. That's so cool. I love Bob. Should we should give them all a shout out individually? Yeah, yeah, yeah Bob. Yeah. Um, so how how is it now? To, so you're. We're gonna leave out Alejandro, because <laughs> he's our. That's true, the other guitar. The other one. Oh, Alejandro, I love you. I love you. Thank you for being my friend. Um, How does it feel to be back and you're sort of immersed in music again? Um, Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's easy. Yeah, it's a different side of it. Um, Sort of. I mean, I was a booking agent for years. Yeah. It's a very different part to be the buyer as opposed to the seller. it's confusing and complicated, and I feel like I'm out of my depth all the time. Yeah. I have good people around me working very hard to keep me from being horribly unstable yeah. and driving them crazy. <laughs> um, some things work better than others. Yeah. It's all a big experiment all the time. Mm-hmm. But here's what matters. Yeah. I am fiercely and doggedly proud of what we've done. Yeah and of the people who have done it collaboratively. Because there's a group of people over there who work tirelessly to make it be the rainbow butterfly unicorn that it is. And um, yeah, they're a blessing, these people. The the bar managers, the booking agents, the everybody, the sound, the guy who runs sound, the the head of sound, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Do you know how mean bands are to sound people? It's awful. Yeah, no, Your know. sound person shows up at yeah. 3 o'clock in the afternoon yeah, to start, to start ringing out the room. Yeah. They set up the mics according to maybe what they know about you because they've done the research because you never sent them a stage plot. <laughs> right. Or maybe you sent them the stage plot from your tour three years ago because right. we get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. A lot. Yeah. More than you would believe. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And they've been there for a couple hours by the time you show up yeah. and you're stressed because you're playing a show. 
Right. So you yell at the sound yeah, man exactly. because you're stressed. <laughs> right. And you say, I can't get the door unlocked or whatever it is. Right. Or do you have a DI or right. whatever it is? And the sound man very patiently says, yes, yeah. because they have pledged to make you sound great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think sound men are saints and yeah. sound women and sound people. Mm -hmm. um, we have one woman on our sound staff. It is very hard to find women who can run sound. I'm trying to learn how. Yeah. Um, it's not hard. It's just discouraged. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so I'm trying to learn how. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning. I'm teaching myself because <laughs> no one's teaching me. No. <laughs> women uh, are discouraged from running sound. Um, they're, uh, it's a... Uh, I, I give them a lot of credit. Yeah. But I'm proud of it. I'm super proud of it. We've had some, we've done amazing things that we should not have been able to do. Yeah. Like things that people are like, you had Mitski? Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We you, did. You had uh, like the comedian, the guy from. Uh, Great comedians. We had just recently, we had, um, we had, we've had Neil Hamburger twice. Yeah. Kids in the Hall. Guy, Kids yeah. in the Hall. We yeah. had, um, oh dear. I can't remember his name, but. Yeah. I, I, look at us. Scott Thomas. <laughs> Buddy right. Guy, yeah. Scott Thomas, three nights, yeah. sold out. Um, we have Lou Barlow playing on Monday night, sold out yeah. for months, sold out. Right. He broke his collarbone, still <laughs> sold out. Um, we did Janine Garofalo for two shows. Oh, wow. While we're talking about comedy, we host the Moth Radio Hour every month. Oh, you do. We also host Simpsons Trivia every month. Oh. We have a Buffy sing-along oh, yeah. that's coming up, which yeah. is super fun. Buffy sing-along with uh, Once More With Feeling, super yeah. fun. I worked We at host... A, no, I was going to say, I worked at Rounder Records for a while, and we released that mm -hmm. album, the, the soundtrack. Yeah. Thing. Good old Rounder. Yeah, yeah. I love it. We, um, we host a great flea market, a rockin' flea market in Bloody yeah. Mary Bash. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, we yeah, host been, a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, and now you're, so to end it, we'll talk about this show. So we're here in uh, Framingham. Here we are. At Springdale Brewery. Under the stairs. Under the stairs. There's a little noise, but it's, I think it's fine. It's a lot quieter than yeah. anywhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And actually the staff, props to the staff, yeah. who have stopped slamming the door because they, <laughs> like, yeah, as yeah. soon as they knew that we were here, yeah, yeah. they, they've all of a sudden nice. they got super quiet and they've been really respectful yeah. and awesome. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we should wait. Um, I'd like to now say for the viewer at home that there is a school bus, <laughs> a school bus unloading people into this facility. It's an actual school bus. Yeah. AA Transportation Company. You know what we need to do? We need to. Um, we need to remember that. Let's take a picture of it <laughs> I know, right? because I want to charter a bus to the show. And I'll tell the woman that's helping to manage the show yeah. to charter a bus. Because we want to charter a bus yeah. Yeah. for people to come to the show. And for then it's going to go from here at 8 o'clock yeah. to the Father's 2 reunion, oh, yeah, which that. is at the old 1270, <laughs> which cracks me up. I'm definitely going to that. Yeah. And if you take a postcard from this show, you get $2 off admission at that show. Oh, the Father's thing. Oh, interesting. we got to tell people. Nice. Uh, so you have the swell of school bus people. Has, that was all right. They, the swell, the wave. <laughs> the wave of people. Of people. But so wow. June second. It's so quiet now. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> June second. Is the uh, reception? Is the reception? Is in all ages. It is all ages really. until six p.m. At which time this becomes a bar and they yeah. can't be here. But it's from four to six all ages yeah. on a Saturday. So I hope some of my friends can bring their kids and then, um, and then my son will drive all the children. 
somewhere else yeah. to go have dinner or something. Because right. um, he can't stay because he's under 21, but he's right. old enough to drive. There you go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's some number of pictures. Yeah. 23, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. The last one was 28, I think. Yeah. It's 23 photos. They are four feet by five feet. Mm-hmm. They're all black and white. They're all inkjet because people are going to throw beer at them. Yeah. Which is appropriate. <laughs> um, I think it's appropriate that that room smells like beer. Right. It doesn't smell like cigarettes and body odor. Which so it good. doesn't quite smell right. like the rat and yeah, pee. Yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> but it does smell like beer strongly because it's a brewery. Yeah. And the idea was to make them big enough that you could feel immersed in them. Yeah. But I think the good news is, or not the good news, but the actual success story up there is that I made them big enough to not get lost. Right. Because right. the space is mammoth. Yeah. Mammoth. Yeah, right. But if you walk up to them, you can immerse yourself yeah. in them. Yeah, we, we walked through when I got here. Yeah. And in. You have to get pretty close. Yeah. But then it's life-size. Yeah. No, it's great. Which yeah. is kind of fun. Yeah. So how many are you in? Um, I saw myself in one of those, but I have saw, like I said, there was one in the Triple X book of the Meat Men that I, that I was in. Uh, which Remind me which one it is of the Meat Men. Uh, is it the one with the... Tesco is standing there. Oh, it's Tesco singing and then... I'm with standing the, there. Is Mike he, Gitter's it, kind of Does he have down. black fingernail polish on? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, he might. I think okay. I know exactly which yeah. one. Is. Yeah. Um, is Lyle is Lyle in it? Lyle's in it. In the front, in his yeah, that wig. And that. and and the jacket he's wearing like a Sergeant Pepper's jacket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. It's funny because when I look at that photo, I see it in color. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I have, I have. Well, no, I have. Like in my mind, I yeah. see it in color because it right. was such a vivid moment. Yeah, yeah. I and think the wig was actually yellow. <laughs> and that's the, the thing when blue. Yeah, yeah, you might be right. When, when we when you look at these pictures and we were looking at them, yeah. if you were at these shows or if you knew people, you can see you yeah. your, your memories of so the will next come back. show mm-hmm. which is going to be portraits. Yeah. And some of them will be this big because yeah. there's a couple of hallways in the gallery that have long throws where yeah. you can get way back right so there will be a couple that will be this big mm-hmm. and then some of them are going to be the same size that they were in the last show and some nice. of them are going to be smaller because there's one gallery wall yeah where it's a hallway and you have to get very close right so those are going to be really little yeah and then there'll be some medium-sized ones and then a couple of them will be it's going to be mixed up it's going to be portraits nice not mosh pits right this one's called slam dance yeah which is appropriate because nobody says that anymore <laughs> i know right and i said pits. it and somebody said what right i was like yeah and then they started to slam dance and they were like what <laughs> and i was like skank mosh right. what do you call it they were slam dancing yeah so um that's why it's called slam dance and actually i would love for this to be a book yeah i would I love think... for slam dance to be a book there's 88 selects yeah that i pared down to 23 right there was 88 really I it th- was hard I, I think this is the time to it, it seems yeah. like a lot of people are, are enjoying the so if there's any publishers listening <laughs> yeah I actually I have a friend who wants to I think wants to work on this one with me to try to self-publish it yeah I'm intimidated by self-publishing unless I get a lot of help right a lot yeah yeah it's tough yeah well the scanning is going to cost a fortune yeah yeah. So that's intimidating. Yeah. I'd have to do like, I don't know, a Kickstarter or something to do the so book. It, the, yeah, because then you get the book, right? Yeah. It's just basically, it, I like couldn't I just do like a pre-order? That's what I always consider that with, with that kind of thing is because then people yeah. are, you already know this person wants that's it. That's a good yeah. way to do it because look, I already have a cover. Yeah. 
I love this thing. By the way, I want you to know. Yeah. This is my first fanzine. Is it? Yeah. It is. And what I did was I took Gitter's book. Yeah. Sorry, Gitter. I took, I took Gitter's book. Yeah. And I looked at it, and I looked at how he'd done it. Right. And then I lifted a lot of his style. <laughs> so, yeah. like, one of the things that I did very deliberately yeah. was all of the text is in typewriter. Yes. Because... It could it could be different sizes right. because we would put things on Xerox machines yeah. and make yeah, them bigger course. and smaller. Yeah. But it's all typewriter. Yeah, no, I because think because that happened. But then we would use this stuff called Letraset. Yeah. To do this is this is obviously computer generated, which right. is kind of a shame. Yeah. I probably should have worked harder on that. Maybe in the second edition I'll make more of an effort. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a there's a, a fanzine that uh JJ made that, that goes along with this, which is pretty cool. So, oh yeah, there's a yeah, fanzine. Yeah, and that's what we're we're looking at that now. And in the fanzine, every picture is in here. Yeah. It's in the show. Oh, it is okay. And I loved that there was a guy, one of the bartenders here. It was like there's a couple in the fanzine that aren't in the show, and I'm like, yeah, I haven't hung those up yet. Yeah. But one of them, this one, is my friend Diane stage diving. Oh wow. And um, it's cool because it's a woman. Right. And that's awesome. Because there's not a lot of them. And then the seven second ones, seven seconds one yeah. that you were talking about. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah that one has so a big part of the controversy of this was what is slam dancing, right? right? So to my mind, that's not slam dancing. Right. Yeah. It is a picture of the pit. Right. That is, this definitely is. So this one's not up yet. That's Hank breaking up a fight. Oh, really? So that is definitely slam dancing. Right. Yeah. Um, is stage diving slam dancing? I don't know. Is it? I don't think so. But I had this whole conversation with people. So this, the one of Justice League, which right. is the first one you see, yeah. totally slam dancing. The Justice League ones, all these kids throwing punches at each other, right. totally slam dancing. Yeah, yeah. But like that one of the the Descendants, Marginal Man, those aren't really, those are stage diving. Yeah. It's not really slam dancing. Yeah. Sorry, but it's not. So that totally is. There's this one. I'm going to describe this because this moment that we all have had. Yeah. When you go to see the band and there's four people there, but yeah. these people still are dancing. slam dancing. Right. They were bouncing off of each other. They yeah. were actually slam dancing, all four of them. Yep. So most of these pictures aren't. Most of these pictures are stage diving and crowd surfing. Yeah. And um, maybe the show should be called Slam Dance Stage Dive Crowd Surf. But <laughs> the, um, the, the beer flight that we're featuring for yeah. the reception is actually called the stage dive. Oh, is it? Because nice. it's a flight. Get right, it? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So there's really, you know, that one for sure. But most of them are actually. So Yeah. because of that, there's stories. One of them is called stage diving. Right. One of them is called My Friend the Pit. Yeah. From the song yeah, Slam. Yeah is about the song. This one is my favorite. Can yeah, I read it to you? Yeah, of course. Okay. It's my favorite. It's very short. Sure. I love them all. And I'm noticing that one's called stage diving, but none of them are <laughs> called crowd surfing. So second edition, crowd okay. surfing. All right. This is called The Enforcer. Okay. 
I remember seeing the circle jerks at the channel, and at the time, everyone was doing pig piles. Often, folks would pile on the singer, but at other times on anybody who was there. Well, the pig pile that day got so big that people started to pour off of the stage onto the floor like some sort of human avalanche. Later, as bands started to figure out how to play their instruments, and they didn't want them getting knocked out of tune all the time, they would ask for someone to be on the stage just to help keep the chaos at bay. But I love chaos, so maybe I wasn't the best person to be up there. Reverend Hank Purse. <laughs> That's perfect. And he was, he was the enforcer. He was the enforcer. That's <laughs> what the song was that yeah. they wrote for him. Yeah, he was so the enforcer. Yeah. Gitter's piece is called The Promoter. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Roger Marbury from Dag Nasty wrote a piece called Dag 86. Yeah. Dag 86 from about both of the shows. Yeah. Um, and then my friend Sluggo wrote a piece about slam dancing, and it opens with, well, I suck at dancing, and back in the 80s, I was more interested in drinking. I did love the energy of hardcore shows, but it's six foot and 150 pounds. <laughs> I felt too wimpy and wussy to get into the pit. Plus, those hardcore po- folks would likely spill my beer. <laughs> was he... Uh, Sluggo? Yeah, he had dreadlocks. Okay. He was in yeah. Hullabaloo, yeah. who... So Hullabaloo were revolving in the same scene, but they weren't the all-ages hardcore shows. Right. They were playing the nighttime shows, the shows that would become grunge shows. Yeah. They were playing with bands like Pussy Galore and the Butthole right. Surfers and bands like that. But there were these bands like Guar and Tad who kind of walked both. Both, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Hullabaloo definitely played some all-ages yeah. shows. Uh, Slaughter Shack was sort of in that scene. Slaughter Shack. I worked World. with Slaughter Shack for a while. Nice. And Hullabaloo. I managed Hullabaloo for years and yeah. years and years. Cool. Yep. It was, um, it was fun. I, I moved from photography into management Yeah. because I, I, Diane talks about this actually. She says something about how it wasn't enough to be, um, to be an observer. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us feel that way. Yeah. I think that people, this is sort of the common, um, it wasn't enough for me to be a mere spectator. It drew me and I had to be a part of it somehow. Um, and she's talking about stage diving that yeah. she had to get up on the stage oh, and yeah. fly yeah yeah and um i had to i don't know i had to get my fingers into it and so yeah. i became a manager mm-hmm. because i could get my fingers into it yeah. the same way that as a photographer i could mm-hmm. get my fingers into it yeah, yeah. and be a part of it yeah but i i hate performing <laughs> yeah which is weird i mean obviously i'm a blabbermouth i can do interviews all day long i <laughs> right, love to right. tell stories i mean yeah. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. I'm not a blabbermouth. Right. That's a very self-depreciating right. <laughs> way of saying this. Yeah. But I am a storyteller, and mm-hmm. um, I could probably get on a stage and tell stories. Yeah. I would probably be great at the moth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I can't. Um, I can't perform. Right. I lock stage up. Fright or just, Horrible yeah. stage fright. Horrible. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah. Hmm. Can't get through it. I mean, I have. Yeah. Because I do ladies' rock camp. Yeah. What so, is that? Have you ever heard of Girls Rock Boston? Yep. Okay, so the Girls Rock campaign is an empowerment program for girls 8 to 16 years old, and they do a summer program where they form a band and write a song together collaboratively, and they build each other up throughout this process. They don't right. tear each other down, and at the end, they perform it at Brighton Music Hall, and they, at that point, they have developed the band. They have a logo and a T-shirt and a following, and people chant their name, right. and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so the ladies do the same program in half the time. Their program is six days, ours is three. Okay. And we also perform to a big crowd, oh, yeah. and it's phenomenal and empowering um, and very safe. Yeah. It's right. very safe. There's no criticism. Yeah. 
Nice. So I do that. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I've, I've done that like nine times. So awesome. I've been in a lot of bands. <laughs> well, I think I think you're a perfect guest for this this podcast because oh, it's called Talk sweet. About the Passion, and you've obviously had it since you were a, a kid. So yeah. it's. Uh, and you still have it here. I, like, I do. We, we just met tonight. We may have met in 1987 at one point, probably, but who knows? You may have kicked me in the face. <laughs> Excuse me. Or <laughs> you might have been one of those people that was doing this thing that people used to do so that I could move behind them so that I could get where I needed yeah, to go. Yeah. And I would say, Excuse me, and I would hold my camera up and they would part. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think people. That thing where you hold it over your head and people move out of your oh, way. Oh, yeah. I think people recognized that. Like you said, your friend wanted to be a part of the, the scene where everyone there sort of had a job. Not a job, but like... I agree. ...was part of it, so... It's like a flock. Yeah, so... Everyone so, has a job. Yeah, so photographing it. And that's yeah. why Triple X was such a great zine, I thought, because yeah. it, it had all those pictures. Can I read you it. one more thing? Yeah, of course. All right. Yeah. It's a good parting comment. Sure. All right. Okay, so... If I hadn't called this slam dance, yeah. I would have called it faces. Okay. Because they're really big. Mm-hmm. Maybe the next one will be called faces. The, the, the one of the portraits. Right. Okay. So when I used to take pictures for magazines, they wanted to see faces. It couldn't be hair or feet. Right. It had to be faces, famous faces. Mm-hmm. So nobody's ever seen these because these aren't the famous faces. Mm-hmm. Except for the one of the seven seconds. <laughs> All right. So, for the first time, here are the rest of the faces. They might be your faces, really yours if you were there, or they might be the faces of your friends who were there, too. Or they might be the faces you see around you at every show. That guy with the long hair, that guy with the tattoos, that girl in the tank top, that person over there yelling in the ear of that other person who is politely smiling even though they can't hear a damn thing. Perfect. I think you see those people at every show. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for thank doing you. this. Thank you. I definitely appreciate it. It's such and a pleasure. I'm glad yeah, we made it work. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Under the stairs. <laughs> I know. And uh, people, you, you should definitely come and see this. And the stuff is here now. It's here uh, now, so and it's and here through June. Yeah, through it's the here for a lot longer. The reception is June second. Yeah, and then it'll but be um, but the pictures are on the walls through June. Awesome. And I strongly encourage you to come take selfies with them. Yeah, yeah. Because they're really big, yeah. and you could totally assimilate yourself <laughs> into the pit. Yeah, I'm, I might do that with that. Seven we should go do that. Let's football. go take a selfie. Yeah. And like fit ourselves in yeah. somehow, and then we'll make it black and white. Perfect. All right, I'm down. Awesome. Cool. Thanks again. Thank you. All right.